0: At that time Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before, and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest for the man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Glory to. Welcome to the beginning of the journey to Lent, which is the journey to the resurrection. Uh, Zacchaeus Sunday is the first of five Sundays, which kind of precedes Lent. And so we begin to think about our Lenten journey and our traveling through life. And today, the topic that crosses our hearts, I think, is the issue of sonship. And Zacchaeus becoming son of God. Whose son are you? If I ask you that right away, you should be able to give me an answer. You've got a father, right? You've got a mother. You know whose son you are? Do you live like it? Does it influence your life? How has it changed you? Has it made you a different person than you would have been if you were a son of someone else? Of course it does. Well, today God asks us to examine our spiritual sonship. And I think the framing of the Apostle Paul and his relationship with Timothy was evident today in that epistle shows us something about what a spiritual son is like. He's one that delights the Father. He obeys the Father. He listens to the Father. He asks for the Father's counsel. He lives according to it. And so it is today that we ask ourselves, who are we a spiritual son of? Not a physical son, but who are we spiritually following? I think there's two aspects to this. Of course, it's what God thinks of us. I want us to first think about how we think of ourselves as whose spiritual son we are. By the way, you might say, well, I'm God's spiritual son. Of course, if you're a son of God, God's spiritual son. But take it a little deeper and ask yourself at other levels, who are you following in the faith? What's your heritage? What's your spiritual genealogy? And how does that affect your life? When we ask ourselves who we're a son of, I guess we have to ask it in light of not just uh, what would really be our own opinion, even though that's very important, but God's first. But our own opinion still matters. And so let's ask ourselves, Whose spiritual son are we? What do we really think of ourselves as? Perhaps you never even thought of yourself that way. I'm a spiritual son or a daughter or something. Who are you a spiritual son of? Have you ever thought of that? Not what everybody else thinks about you, not even what God thinks about you, but what do you think about yourself? Whose spiritual son are you? Do you even see yourself at all? Do you ever look at yourself that way? Are you so distracted? You never really ask yourself, whose son you really are? Are you trapped in some sort of lie about yourself? Are you deluded about yourself? Do you see yourself as trapped by others? You're really not a spiritual son of anybody. What are you a spiritual son of? Are you trapped by maybe your concept of some sort of false religion that doesn't let you see yourself as a son at all? You're just kind of drifting through life, trapped in some sort of deceitful paradigm, some sort of maybe evil or false model. Do you see yourself as a son? Or are you so blinded by the cares of this world? By earthly things, by earthly parents, by earthly relationships, by earthly joys, by earthly pleasures, by earthly goals and dreams that you really never really thought about yourself as a spiritual son, as someone or something. So, Zacchaeus today proves to be a model of how one comes into sonship with God, how one is through seeking, through repentance, and then through obedience, joined to the family of God, He's our model. He was a man that says for small stature in the Scripture. He was a sinner. He was a little spiritual person. He wasn't much of a spiritual person, but something, something had reached his ears and reached his heart about Jesus, and so he had a little bit of faith that maybe there was something out there greater than himself that he needed to be joined to. And thus it was that he went out to see Jesus, who he was. He wanted to learn more about Jesus. And he went out, and he climbed a tree through the press. He was small, and he climbed up into the tree and kind of the deeper spiritual mean is that he passed by all the fruits and all the pleasures of this world to get out in a place where he could see God. That's all that mattered. And there he was Climbed up into this tree. He exerted some effort. He was willing to move from where he was, to leave behind things that he knew and go in a new direction and find something to anchor himself to spiritually. When Jesus came, Jesus saw him. Jesus looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, you come, you need to come down. Make haste. Come down. For today I must abide at your house. There's something in that, not just about Zacchaeus, as like we spoke about last year, I think, in this. That Zacchaeus made haste. He was joyful, and he obeyed God's command right away to come down. He wasn't hesitating. But I think at another level, I like to concentrate a little bit more what Jesus said. Jesus said, I must, I've got a purpose. I must abide at your house today. I don't just want to kind of wave to you in the tree. I don't want to kind of shake your hand. I want to come and abide and live at your house today, deeply. Abiding is what God's seeking with us. God wants to be a big part of your life. He doesn't just want a casual encounter with you where you intellectually acknowledge him and he you. He's looking to abide with you. This is what God seeks with you. This is the idea of the depth of the love which he has and he wants to have for you and he wants you to have for him. He wants to abide at your house, in your soul. He wants to dwell there with you fully. This is his desire. He wants to abide with you, not just pass by and have you go on your way and he and his. Well, Zacchaeus he says, received him joyfully. This is the heart filled seeker with joy who finds God. He finds his spiritual home, a spiritual family. I think to be an orphan is a terrible thing. I've adopted a few orphans, so I know about it somewhat. It's terrible not to have a family. <coughs> I don't think that the earthly family that adopts you could ever replace what would have been a perfect home if you had it from the beginning. But God is greater than an earthly family. And he's able to put you in a place in a family that fills your heart with such joy that it exceeds anything that would be like coming home to your family that you might have lost like the prodigal son did. He desires... You have that kind of joy when you meet him and when you welcome him and when you see that you're a son or a daughter of him. Zacchaeus immediately, of course, obeys God. He loves God. He's filled with joy. He says, I give everything away. I restore that which I've taken. I give to the poor. He gave everything. He was willing to follow God fully. And Jesus said to him these great words, of course, at the end of this first night that today salvation has come to your house. Isn't that what we seek? We should be. If we're gonna seek salvation, we're seeking sonship. We're seeking that relationship with the eternal God that brings us into his family forever, never to be separated. This is what God means by salvation. It's not some sort of abstraction. It's not some sort of empty mansion. It's the place where God dwells with you. That's what salvation is. It's union with God. It's being with God forever. Salvation came to your house this day because you also now, although you weren't formally, have become a son, a spiritual son of Abraham. Abraham was a great man. He was a man who followed God in faith. He was a man who gave to the poor and protected the weak. He was a great man. And in Zacchaeus seeing Christ, he entered into that same chain as a son that Abraham had been one who loved God, one who was a friend of God, one who God could trust and who trusted God. In this day, in his conversion, in his repentance, in his obedience, Zacchaeus became like Abraham, a son of God. How blessed. The son of man, it says in clothing came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to take those that weren't in the family and bring them into that family. All us orphans, our spiritual orphans, are taken back into the embrace of God forever. In a way that's greater than it could be any homecoming to an earthly family. We become sons and daughters of God. God's seeking us. God wants to connect with you, not just as a convert, as somebody that knows God, believes in God, but really hasn't gotten what it means to be a son a daughter, a true son, a true daughter. And in fact, God's not just seeking something like a convert, but it's something above that he's not even seeking. He's not even seeking to make you just a disciple, somebody that follows him around. That's a big deal. That's what a Christian is, right? But beyond all these things, he seeks to make us sons and daughters that can never be separated from him, deeper than any blood tie. You cannot unsonship yourself from your earthly father and mother. Try it sometime. <laughs> How are you gonna do it? You can't. You can cut yourself off from the contact if you. you're still their progeny. God brings you into his family. That's deeper than just being a convert. It's deeper than being a father. It's something that's indissoluble. It's permanent. You become his son or his daughter. And sonship means this close connection to the father. It's an organic connection. It's a likeness to him. It's being his descendant, just like Abraham was a descendant. And is was the descendant of Abraham. It's like one to another, to another, to another, keeps going. There's a connection, there's an organic connection. You know, when God reaches into this world to bring us into sonship and daughtership, bring us into the family, he does so through something called his body, the church. We are sons and daughters of God, not just abstractly, but tangibly also in a physical sense through the church. We're sons and daughters, literally, the Orthodox Church in America, we're sons and daughters of that. We are sons and daughters of the Russian Orthodox Church, which is sons and daughters of the Church of Greece and Bulgaria, which is sons and daughters of God. We started the church in Jerusalem, so they up. We've got a connection. We've got an organic connection to God through the church. So when we're God's son, we're also the sons of the church and daughters of the church, we're connected to something that's tangible, which is his body. But God looks at us and doesn't just leave us bereft in a spiritual sense, he gives us comfort. And he also gives us earthly comfort and connection to himself. So we ask ourselves today, whose spiritual sons are we really? You see, God sees our hearts. He knows whose earthly son you are and other people do too. Are you really his son? And in the end, it's only his view alone that matters. It's only his standard. His view is the real view. All else is delusion and in fact can be damnation. So God asks, whose son are we? Are we sons of Abraham? Are we sons of the church? Are we sons of God? If we are, then that means we're like Abraham. Well, what was Abraham like? Abraham was faithful. He believed in God, it says, over the issue of Isaac, his son being born to a man and a woman who were well past childbearing age. They were decrepit and old man. God told him he was going to have a son, and he believed him. He was obedient. God told him, get out of the land and go to a place you've never been. And there he went, off into the wilderness, as we said a few weeks ago. Trusting in God, he was obedient, and he sacrificed his life, for God and for God's cause and for God's people in rescuing Lot, for example, against the great army. Being like Abraham means we're like Zacchaeus. We're also faithful. we've got a little faith, we follow God, we sacrifice, we obey him, we give what we're supposed to give to the poor, we don't steal, so on and so forth. See, we follow in the steps of someone. We're like God, truly, we're also like his saints. We're following in the footsteps, which are not just genealogical, but they're spiritual. They're not by birth or genealogy, it's by faith, and it's by practice. This is the picture of Zacchaeus, repentant, obedient, faithful and believing, serving God. This is the picture of Abraham. It's the picture of everyone the church has nurtured and harbored throughout the centuries. So whose son are we today? Are we God's son, God's true son, loving God, appreciating that, living in that moment where we're in communion with him as much as possible. This is what God seeks. And the great thing about being a son of God it doesn't just require things of us, it gives us something in return. It gives us eternal salvation. Being a son, that means comfort in God forever. That means his presence, his protection, his love, his care, his energy, his presence forever and ever. This is what God seeks, that we be sons and daughters of the living God. Jesus reaches out today and says, are you my son? Are you my daughter? I trust that God will nurture in our hearts a desire to be sons and daughters, to follow in the training of those that follow faithful Abraham right through into the New Testament, from Zacchaeus on to the apostle Paul to Timothy to the present day. May God bless us all with this obedience, this joy, this eternal life, and this salvation, which comes from being a son, For a daughter of the living God, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.